Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Caffeinate for July the 19th. My name is Samuel Adams, and welcome to today's show. I hope you are all doing very well. For those that don't know what you're watching or listening to on a podcast service around the world, this is Caffeinate, and it is a morning show that is centered around gaming news. You have so many traditional news outlets that come out here, and they do morning shows that are centered around politics and other stuff, and then you have a void. Until like 11 o'clock when everybody else wakes up, which is why I host this live right here on YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media to bring you all of the top news coming out of the gaming industry, the drama, the alerts, whatever you might need to know can be found right here and today we have some pretty interesting stories as we do every single day that are handpicked by yours truly. However, I would say the last story of the day is most definitely the most exciting story we have had in quite a while. But first off, we have The Culling 2 being taken down completely. Game Sura is reporting that Fortnite has collected $1 billion in sales. Uh, we have more people registering for the Division 2 beta. Microsoft hinting at some new hardware coming at Gamescom. Madden NFL's 19... Madden NFL 19s, perhaps even, you could change the plural to be anywhere in that sentence, uh, has revealed their new headlining star that's going to be on the cover. PUBG players may have to pay for some stuff. Bethesda may not go ahead and let Oblivion or anybody, excuse me, Obsidian make another outside of the company. You're not going to be getting another spin-off Fallout game. Nintendo uh, had a little movie coming out, but it got canceled. The ultimate game sale for Xbox has begun, and we have a giant Jeff Goldblum statue. Those are the stories of the day, and we will delve further into those. But first off, if you're enjoying the show so far, if you want to listen to more of the episodes, the entire catalog can be found on YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media. You can also find it on Anchor.fm slash Samuel Adams, and from there, you can find it on Spotify, on iTunes, on Pocket Cast, on Overcast, on a ton of other amazing services that you more than likely probably use. But without further ado, I figure we will go ahead and jump into today's news. First off, The Culling 2 is being taken off the market as developers refocus on the original game. And to be honest with you, I'm relatively happy that this is actually the way this worked out. But we'll talk about what I actually think is going on here. Refunds will be issued for those who bought it. The Culling 2 launched last week, and the best thing you could say about it was that the game booted up. Really and truly, it was a botched product, and clearly something that was rushed out to capitalize on the Battle Royale craze going on. It seems developer Xavier understands that now, as it's pulling it uh, from the digital storefronts and will be issuing refunds to everyone that bought it. In a typical gesture for the games industry, Xavier is actually going back to the original Culling to try and improve that experience. Fans have been asking for this for two years, and the time has finally come. This week, the original 2016 build of The Culling will be put on the test service to get fan feedback for how the game should be improved going forward. Xavier is calling this the quote day one version and it will remain a constant on test servers so as to help guide Xavier in the right direction for when implementing new features to the game. As for the regular non-beta version, Xavier is going to take the current October 2017 build and revert most of its changes to try and match the launch version. That build will then become the future platform on which The Culling will evolve with feedback from test servers helping steer everything into a better final product. The biggest change, though, is that the original culling will be going free-to-play when it relaunches. I suppose this means microtransactions will be funding the development of the title, but I think fans of the first version will be happy to hear the game they fell in love with will finally be available to a wider audience. You can watch the entire message from Xavier's Director of Operations, Josh Van Veld, down below, and that is right here. And, of course, you can go over to their uh, official YouTube and check that out for yourself if you would like to see that. Uh, but the main parts of the story here are that, number one, The Culling 2 is being pulled entirely. Number two, development on the original Culling is going to continue. And number three, it's going to be a free-to-play game now, with, of course, probably support via microtransactions and whatnot. This is a complicated beast, okay? 
I want to believe that this is exactly how the story went down. I want to believe, kind of like whenever you're talking about aliens, that they actually botched their product. I want to believe that they legitimately thought that The Culling 2 was going to be the massive hit that they really kind of need to make an impact in the battle royale genre in the modern day and modern age. However, what I hypothesize might have happened here, and this is completely unfounded in any kind of truth. I have no evidence that this is actually something that has gone down. So let's make it very clear. This is my opinion and my hunch. But to get the attention of the public in 2018, it takes quite a spectacle. We've seen it in politics, we have seen it in entertainment, we have seen it on social media, we've seen it in the gaming industry. I mean, Fortnite right now has everybody's attention, and it is very hard to distract people from anything whenever they get their attention on it. And so, in my mind, I can just totally see somebody in a boardroom saying, all right, so how do we bring the culling back to be something that people care about? How do we bring the culling back to be something that can impact the entire gaming audience throughout the entire world that is focused on Fortnite right now? And if you relaunch the culling and make the culling 2, so you've made a sequel now, you then have this kind of, oh, look, a sequel to one of the original BR games. Let's check it out. Then it is total hot garbage, and then everybody begins reporting on it. It's kind of like the idea of any publicity being good publicity. I that could be exactly what happened here and so let's just say hypothetically this game was pumped out in a month or two okay let's just say that that's pretty much what the product showed so let's say that the game was pumped out in about a month or two there is little investment into the game overall you now have every news outlet saying the name the culling and so now it is fresh on people's minds and then you come in with a heartfelt apology for what actually happened with the culling 2 and then saying you were going to begin development on the original culling yet again that's just a hypothesis that i have that's my conspiracy theory i have nothing that says that actually happened make no mistake this is just me kind of rambling and being a little bit crazy about the entire thing but i could totally see that being a reality of what could have actually happened here and it's working i'm excited about seeing what's going on with the original culling i remember everybody fell in love with that game that was like before even h1z1 was super popular or at least along the same time uh, of course there was like a procedural kind of blend into where we got to pubg and fortnite but there was h1z1 the culling there were a couple of other ones before that uh, of course you had the original arma mod i believe but I'm not a professional in the BR side of the things. Uh, when it comes down to it, the new culling, or the new version of the original culling, could be a very interesting take on Battle Royale, and I think that if they go back to the melee roots that people really did fall in love with, and they start building off of the original game back in 2016, but combine that with the enhancements of the October 2017 version, you could be seeing something that could very well not necessarily compete directly with Fortnite and PUBG, or even on the same level as them entirely, but you could have something that is a viable competitor to a H1Z1 on PS4 uh, to PUBG on Xbox when you could legitimately have some people that are excited about checking out what's going on with the culling whenever they have, you know, time off from Fortnite or stuff like that. So... Again, we'll see what Xavient does end up pulling off, but I think that it's good that it's going free-to-play. I will probably be jumping in and giving this one a shot since it is free. I wouldn't be buying it um, because I don't like supporting a company that does this kind of thing. The entire situation has felt very shady. Uh, the entire situation has felt very money-grabby, and I don't like that. But this is a heartfelt apology from the guys over there at Xavient, so I can't really complain that much. Uh, they've done what they can, and overall, I think that... 
if there was ever a way for this to go down, this is the best way for the Culling 2 to end, uh, for it to be up for a week, and then they just pull it, because fans simply didn't want it, and I think that's pretty much what you've got going on here. So we'll see what happens with the Culling as it continues to kind of go back into development after taking some time off. But um, I know that a ton of people are excited about seeing what the original Culling is bringing to the table after they start working on it and kind of fix up a couple of issues. So uh, I'll keep you guys updated as to how the game is, and I'll probably be playing it over on twitch.tv slash Adams live uh, whenever the culling goes live again or maybe on tonight I'll, I'll see if it's actually live i don't really keep up with things like that that much we'll see what goes on with it but moving on to the next story of the day that is battle royale related fortnite has collected one billion dollars from in-game purchases that's right it's billion with a b like b like banana like billion that's a lot of money epic games fortnite has earned over one billion dollars so far from in-game purchases alone according to a report published by market research firm superdata this figure includes fortnite and other battle royale games accompanied with a visual aid showing that its monthly revenue has continued to increase each month from october 2017 to may of this year however it's worth noting that the visual aid is non-specific when it comes to projecting final actual figures it seems the report includes in-game revenue across all platforms including console and mobile versions of fortnite and notes that the battle royale genre in general has become the most popular genre of game content across all platforms as well the financial success of epic's battle royale title has not only benefited the company, but was recently credited as the reason why revenue sharing on the Unreal Engine marketplace now gives developers 88% of the cash from all product sales. Very excited about this uh, because this is absolutely amazing. Also in the chat, good morning, Cody. How you doing? Uh, but we have some pretty impressive a billion bucks okay fortnite has made a billion dollars a billion dollars okay you have to take a step back and realize that that is not even talking about the actual game that was in development for a long long time the save the world like the core base foundation of what fortnite actually is uh you have to understand that is not even really included in these sales uh people have been buying save the world as of right now it's 50 percent off if you did want to jump in and see what the original game would have had to offer if no battle royale was included but to have in-game purchases accounting for $1 billion uh, on a game that was developed in just a couple of months, or a game mode uh, that was developed in just a couple of months, rather, because the original game, the foundation that is built uh, below Battle Royale, took years, but... um. A billion bucks, man. That's a lot of cash. So good on them over there at Epic Games. And I like the fact that they're giving back with revenue sharing on the Unreal Engine marketplace. I think that that is something that would never have happened if it had not been for the success of Fortnite. And I'm excited to see what they use this money for. Uh, I think that if they did kind of re, you know, finagle it, rechange their kind of development path, I think that Fortnite is always going to be something they put a lot of effort into. But I think that Epic as a platform, because of course you have uh, where you had Rip Paragon and you have things like like Shadow Complex, and you have all these other games that have come out uh, that do have some value. I think that Epic has a lot of potential to develop other games that aren't necessarily BR games, but they could use the money collected from Fortnite to fund indies, to fund new ideas that could be coming into the industry and changing things up and seeing how things do end up evolving. And I think that overall, that's a very exciting place to be in for a company, and I think that that brings a lot of excitement to the gaming industry. Uh, whenever you have a pretty much constant, steady influx of money that you can use to develop new 
new games and really change up what you are doing in the industry. And that's awesome. Uh, so good on them. And again, Fortnite is doing everything right. They've kept people updated on what's going on in the game. They have rolled out continuous updates as to what the game is actually entailing, you know, with new guns, uh, new map changes, map evolving, as, you know, new updates roll out. It's amazing uh, to see how they've made truly a living, breathing world in Fortnite that is continuously in contact with their community and fan base. And that is a very, very respectable thing that not too many companies do in 2018. As as we've seen with Xavier and the Culling, where they just kind of abandoned it for two years. But I digress. I'm not salty about that at all. But also in the chat, Rasm says, hey, Samuel, how's it going? It's going very well. And of course, if you want to join me live, you can jump on to YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media Live, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, to join us and go over the hot news of the day. But good morning, my friends. I hope you're all doing very well. Moving on to the next story of the day. More people registered for the Division 2 beta than any other game in Ubisoft history. Ubisoft is gauging interest in the Division 2, not through pre-orders, but by monitoring interest in the game's beta. In a call to investors announcing the Q1 2019 fiscal results, CEO Yves Guillermo took, uh, talked a little bit about the reception of the Division 2 beta so far following its big showing at E3 2018. According to Guillermo, the Division 2 has set a new record by becoming the fastest registered beta in Ubisoft history. It's four times higher than the previous record, which amusingly was achieved by the original game in 2015. Although registering for a beta is free, relatively easy process, it is a good way to gauge player interest in the game. The Division 2 has been one of the most talked about games out of Ubisoft's E3 showcase, and the volume of players interested in playing it early is something Ubisoft is excited about. The game's greater emphasis on in-game content, something developer Massive made a big talking point, was in turn the most discussed element in coverage of the game following the reveal. The promise of a full year of free content is another thing that got players talking. This is going to be an interesting little game here, but in case you missed it, The Division 2 brings a number of changes to core mechanics. You can check out more information on that at VG247. And the beta does not yet have a release window, but the game is out on March the 15th on PC, PS4, and the Xbox One. So I would say that you're probably going to be getting maybe a January beta. It could be December. Uh, We'll figure it out in the next couple of weeks, but that's pretty much what you can expect from the Division 2 and its beta that will be coming up shortly. But uh, wow, you know, registering for a beta is a very simple process, but to have that many people jumping on and saying, I want to see what the Division 2 has to offer is a very impressive little uh, factoid. You know, it's very good to see that people are embracing this game early on. Now for me, you know what I'm going to say. I'm not super into looter shooters. It is what it is. I liked the original Division. I liked the way that you could jump from cover to cover. I liked the guns. Overall, the game felt tight, and I liked the way that it felt. Uh, But the grind is just something that takes a lot of investment. The grind is something that you really have to kind of put time aside for, not necessarily each and every day, but very frequently. And for me, that's just not the kind of experience that I can throw myself into, because whenever I jump in to play a game, I start playing for an hour, two hours, three hours, whatever it might be. Uh, Normally, no more than four or five hours at max and that's on like a really like you're going hard day uh, because that's just the kind of player that I am and then I just unplug completely I stop paying attention I just stop you know even caring and then I go about my day and then I'll come back and jump into it and to be honest the kind of person that I am I just forget things I'm like what's this what what do do these things even do you know what is this how does this work what is this gun supposed to achieve like I, I forget and so to be fully invested into a game to be fully embracing this title would be something that I would have to like set aside time for and to really get into and I'm not sure that it's something for me but I know that a ton of people out there love games like Destiny like Warframe like The Division where it is kind of like that looter shooter get new gear upgrade your gear get rid of that gear get new gear 
all that stuff you know if you're into that you're going to love the division too so if you want to check out the beta i'm sure there'll be a closed beta early on maybe and then another beta we'll see what happens but um a ton of people are going to be playing this one and i'm sure that it's going to be a pretty well received product at the end of the day um it's going to be going up against a lot of competition during this specific time specifically anthem now for those that don't know what anthem is it's the uh, the next game coming from Bioware that is supposed to be pretty much competing head-to-head with Destiny 2, but at the same time, it's going to eat up any game that has a similar kind of nature, and The Division 2 is one that has a similar kind of nature, so... It's going to be a weird one. This couldn't, it could do very well, but it could also flop. So we'll see what happens with this, but I'm definitely going to keep my eye on it. And if you check out the E3 gameplay, it is very impressive. It's a game worth talking about. Uh, But in the chat, we have like the upcoming game, Anthem, is probably the game that many might play exactly. So we'll see what happens with this one, but I'll keep my eye on it and let you guys know how the beta actually does end up. Of course, if it is an open beta, as many people will do, I'm going to be jumping in and giving it a shot just because it's a free beta. It's like a demo. See See what the next big thing is. But uh, glad to hear that they are doing very well as far as beta signups go, and that the uh, the talk of the industry is definitely centered around a game that I think does deserve it because the Division Two has a unique idea and a unique storyline that I think is going to be really enhanced by the sequel as compared to the original. So definitely going to be keeping our eyes and ears. Well, eyes on that, ears to the ground. Don't put your eyes on the ground, that sounds dirty. But, moving on to the next story of the day, Microsoft is hinting at a new Xbox accessory or accessories at Gamescom. The Gamescom episode of Inside Xbox promises Xbox One news. Today, Microsoft outlined its plans for next month's Gamescom, the annual gaming expo held in Germany, teasing that it will bring new Xbox One bundles and accessories to the show. The company also promised news and unannounced features for its upcoming game slate and perhaps even a few surprises. Microsoft said it will reveal those details during an episode of its Inside Xbox show, which is broadcast live from its booth at Gamescom. Microsoft will air its Inside Xbox episode from Gamescom on Tuesday, August 21st, at 4.30 p.m. CEST, that's 7.30 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time and 10.30 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time on Xbox.com, Mixer, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. In its announcement post, Microsoft originally said the episode would feature all new Xbox hardware and accessories, a surprising phrase considering the timing of Gamescom. It seemed unlikely that by all new Xbox hardware, Microsoft was referring to the next generation consoles the company teased at E3 2018. Microsoft has since updated the announcement article, which posted on both Major Nelson's blog and the Xbox Wire to instead tease new Xbox One bundles and accessories. Curiously, a note acknowledging the edit appears on Major Nelson's post, but not the Xbox Wire post. We expect either some special edition or variation on the existing Xbox One S and Xbox One X, or news about the next version of Microsoft's Elite Controller. Photos of a rumored successor to the Xbox Elite Wireless Controller leaked back in January. The new version of the high-end Xbox Controller is said to feature a USB-C port for charging, Bluetooth support for Windows 10, three-level hair trigger locks, and other refinements. The original Elite controller for Xbox One was released in 2015 for $150, and it's pretty much like your scuff, like your um, your fancy controller with a whole bunch of extra buttons and paddles and things like that. Do you need it? No. Is it nice? Eh, it's fine. In May, Microsoft announced a new controller for Xbox One and Windows PC, the Xbox Adaptive Controller, aimed at players with disabilities, which was very cool. We talked about it here on Caffeinate. That device will be released in September. Microsoft has edited the language in the Gamescom announcement again, and you can see that it is not, in fact, going to be the next generation of Xbox hardware. So whenever this news began to roll out, and whenever we first realized that there was going to be some kind of Xbox hardware at Gamescom, I was like, there is no way. There is no way that Xbox 
Xbox would reveal the next Xbox at something like Gamescom. That would be unprecedented because every console is revealed or at least debuted at some point around E3 uh, to be shown off to the public because right there in that period of time in the middle of June, every single year, the entirety of the gaming population as well as the normal population where they're not necessarily into games knows that there is some kind of big conference going on because news point after news point is rolling out talking about what is happening in the gaming industry and that's whenever you really reveal that hey there's a new xbox coming because you know todd over here that works construction and comes home and plays gta 5 on his 360 is going to hear hey the xbox one's coming out then he'll save up money grab that thing and then he'll play that until the next one is revealed and then he'll be like hey look another one and then he'll buy that one uh, it's the main point of the year when you can really get in there and get the core, uh, you know, consumer that doesn't necessarily stay tuned into what's happening in the gaming culture. And so Gamescom just simply isn't that. Uh, to debut a new console at Xbox would be, quite frankly, something Xbox would do, but quite frankly, not a good idea. Uh, so I'm betting on a new version of the Xbox Elite controller, hopefully one that does not have a, you know, charging pack with two batteries in the back of it, because what are we living in, 2004? But I would love to uh, to hear your thoughts on that and see what exactly you think is going to be coming out with Gamescom whenever it rolls around in just a couple of weeks. But uh, it's always a good little um, a good little ease into the fall. I like checking out the the news that comes out of Gamescom, the news that comes out of these other kinds of conferences where it's not necessarily at the same point in the year as E3, uh, but it's always exciting to hear what people are working on and what the companies have in store because, man, I just I love talking about new hardware. It's so fun because the next generation is coming and I'm so excited. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, but, you know, hypothetically, they say this is going to be the last generation of actual hardware. It could next be a, a big PC conglomeration. And that could be a very changing and evolving industry. So we'll keep our eyes on that. But it would work the same way with PS5 if it were to be released during Gamescom or to be announced anyways at Gamescom. That would be... Not a good look for them, but for those football fans out there, and I'm not talking about World Cup soccer football, I'm talking about American football, America. You can check out the Madden NFL 19 cover star, which is Antonio Brown. Considered one of the greatest wide receivers of all time, Brown graces the cover with a wide smile. He'll also be the cover athlete for the Madden NFL Overdrive mobile game. And there you have it, ladies and gents. I'll zoom out a bit. Well, actually, I can just hover over it so you can see what exactly is going on. There he is, Antonio Brown. Congratulations to Mr. Brown for receiving the cover of Madden NFL 19. Of course, I play Madden from time to time. I'm not going to sit there and play it every week like some people, but I do like to play a couple of rounds of Madden every year. It's a pretty fun game. You know, it's just good to sit back and relax and enjoy what they've got coming to the table. But of course, they added a story mode a couple of years ago that is being very well received. Uh, people truly do enjoy that. So I'm excited to hear more about this. And I never even played 18, uh, which introduced the story, I believe, if I remember correctly. So I'm excited to see this one. But Brown was a six-round draft pick who has since become one of the NFL's best players. He'll also be one of six NFL stars to join the Madden 99 club, which is reserved for those who have a 99 overall rating. There's a lot of milestones athletes dream of, and after being inducted into the Madden 99 club earlier this year and now appearing on the cover of this year's games, it's clear that business is not just booming, but I'm also among the all-time greatest with these honors, Brown said. Tom Brady, 2018, Rob Gronowski, Gronkowski, I don't like sports, in 2017, and Odell Beckham Jr. in 2016 were the previous Madden cover stars. Madden NFL 19 will be released on the Xbox One, PS4, and the PC on August the 10th. Notably there, the PC. 
It's actually coming back to PC, while Overdrive, the mobile version, will be on iOS and Android on the 15th of August. So you can get behind that if you did want to get behind that and uh, and catch that football when it goes through that guy's legs and then go in there, get the dunk or whatever they do. Free throw shot? Sure. But if you want to see more of Antonio Brown, you can check out his 99 overall rating because I guarantee you he is going to be a go-to for a ton of people uh, that are going to be jumping into the action in Madden NFL 19. But again, congratulations, and uh, it's always fun to see like who's gonna be the guy on the cover because not that I really care but it's always fun to see you know it's kind of like watching movie awards and TV awards it's like I only watched 10 minutes of this show but he did really good in that so good on him and um, I'm sure that's a huge achievement to be feeling that you know I'm on the cover of Madden that's fantastic you made mom proud moving on to the next story of the day PUBG players may have to pay for custom matches this could begin uh ooh could be bad. Players of PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds were delighted this week when developer PUBG Corp added custom games to the test server. Players have been asking for custom matches for quite some time, and it allows them to set parameters for a match, including the game mode, normal or zombie, the map it's based on, and more. However, upon closer inspection, the PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds community has discovered that its celebrations may have been premature. In the Steam announcement post published by PUBG Corp to detail its plans for the mode, the developer explained that the custom match feature may become paid for in the future. While it is currently available in beta for free as a result of the extremely large amount of resources required to make custom matches available to all, the feature may be available with an associated cost in the future. The developer goes on to explain that charging for access to the custom match feature may become necessary in order to ensure everything runs smoothly and that the system remains stable in the long term, although the team is open to your feedback and will announce more details about this possible business model later on down the line. The PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds community seems split on the issue. The game's technical issues are well known as PUBG Corp has had to roll out entire updates, including the hotly anticipated anti-cheat update, due to the bugs that they had introduced. As the game has grown in popularity, issues surrounding lag and drop frame rates have also plagued its millions of players. With this in mind, some fans are arguing that if PUBG Corp wants to charge for custom matches in order to make the feature run smoothly, then so be it. Others, though, are disappointed in the dev, as the suggestion that custom matches may become paid for comes not long after another controversy surrounding the game's business model. PUBG Corp faced significant backlash when it introduced the event's game pass, or excuse me, the game's event pass, which many players argued was not good value for the money. The implementation of a battle pass was also affected by technical issues. PUBG Corp has tried to make amends for this, including the launch of a bonus XP event, something which has gone down well with players, but locking off content like custom matches behind a paywall is being seen as a step in the wrong direction and something that could potentially undo the goodwill that PUBG Corp is working desperately to claw back, and I would add here, after they completely and totally shit on the guys at Epic Games for creating Fortnite. That's when all of this started going downhill, but we'll talk about that more in just a moment, but PUBG is available now on the PC, the Xbox One, and mobile devices and I would say that the PC version is the one you should go for because man that Xbox one version is still very very janky as of what I understand however uh, I have a couple of thoughts about this first off the reputation of PUBG and I've said this before on episodes of caffeinate in videos whatever you want to say but the reason that it is struggling right now is because whenever Fortnite was beginning to roll out and whenever it was beginning to gain traction, no one had faith in it. I think it was the day before it launched, PUBG said that they were going to begin looking at how they could sue the guys at Epic Games for creating a Battle Royale game because of the use of the game style, of the use of how the circle closes in, things that are similar between the two games. Now, of course, if you look at PUBG and if you play PUBG and you look at Fortnite and you play Fortnite, 
These are two completely and totally different entities. They are simply upset that there is another player coming into the ring. And so that's what's going on here. And the public knew that. And whenever you have the public knowing that you're just being shitty and greedy, then you're going to have an issue when it comes to support from your general player base. And that's exactly what you've got going on with PUBG. And that's what's been going on over the course of the past four, five, six, seven months, whatever it might be. However... With this, I also have some different issues uh, when it comes to charging for custom matches because I understand why you need to charge. It's kind of like whenever you were playing Battlefield 3 and Battlefield 4 and I think even Battlefield 1, uh, maybe. I'm not really sure about that, but I remember that you could actually buy or rent a server. You know what I'm saying? You could go online and your friends could have their own server and you could begin to be a server admin and you could pretty much play whatever kind of game you wanted, but you had to pay a monthly fee to kind of keep that up and to kind of you know maintain that level of quality because you just simply can't go and give away everything for free and I think that's the issue that people are running into here because we see games like Fortnite and we see games now like The Culling and we see games that are free to play H1Z1 for instance on PS4 tons of free to play games roll out every day especially with a game like Warframe uh, where you have so much content and so much depth and so much lore you know that can be explored and it is all 100% free of course it's supported by microtransactions and things along those lines but it at its core or it's free. And so people have gotten used to free. People have gotten used to like, I just need a console slash PC and I can play this game in its entirety. And I feel like with number one, having to pay for an entry into PUBG, you're already kind of like raising the expectation for the game itself. And then whenever you say you can pay for custom modes, it just gives off this bad impression, even though it simply is just a business model. That's what it is. You just simply have to understand that you're going to have to pay more if you want to be able to play more stuff. And, um... It's unfortunate that it's come down to that, but I believe that's pretty much what we've got, too. Uh, it, it is just, it is what it is. But in the chat, we have a question. What came first, the actual shooting game or the more building shooting game? Uh, it was actually the shooting game, but Fortnite brought in that building mechanic, and that's really what is unique about it, and that's why any kind of lawsuit would never stand. But when it comes to PUBG, I believe that these custom matches could be an amazing feature if it were to be introduced, but at the same time, you also have this implementation of the, you know, additional fee for doing custom matches, and it could be a little bit of a, a shady situation. So, we will keep you guys up to date, and I say we, I mean I, right here on Caffeinate, uh, with what's going on with PUBG, but again, if you haven't played the game, I I sincerely do back the game, and I say that it's a fun, amazing battle royale. It really is probably my favorite battle royale. Fortnite and PUBG are just two completely different things. Uh, Fortnite is more laid back, and PUBG just is a heart-racing adventure of a, of a game. It really is fun, so if you haven't played it, I would seriously recommend it. But, um... As of right now, it seems like they are back in hot water over there at PUBG Corp, but I'm sure that they will begin to finagle that, because, man, if this game uh, is... Th this... The player base of PUBG is amazing. They really love this game. And uh, I'm amongst them. I love the game. And um, and I'm excited to see where it goes in the future. But moving on to the next story of the day. Bethesda is less likely to get an outside studio to make a Fallout game again. Bethesda's Todd Howard praises Obsidian for Fallout New Vegas, but says he'd rather keep development internal, which is very interesting. 2010's Fallout New Vegas was developed by Obsidian Entertainment, not by Bethesda Game Studios itself. The game was generally well-liked, with GameSpot praising its big, detailed open world 
world and quest filled with personality. While Obsidian has said it would like to make another Fallout game someday, it sounds like that won't happen. Bethesda boss Todd Howard said in a new interview that the company would rather develop big games internally. He told The Guardian that he isn't ready to say definitively that a Fallout game from an outside studio won't ever happen again, but don't count on it. I wouldn't say never, Howard said, but now that our company is so big, it's always better to keep stuff internal. It becomes less likely, but I could never say never. I thought the Obsidian guys did a fabulous job. In addition, uh, excuse me, in addition to its main office in Maryland, Bethesda Game Studios opened a studio in Montreal in 2015. Earlier this year, Bethesda rebranded Battlecry Studios as Bethesda Game Studios Austin, based in Austin, Texas. The team was formerly known on uh, working on Battlecry. This is all to say Bethesda has more internal development headcount than it did years ago when Obsidian was to make a Fallout game. Given the size and stature of the Fallout brand, it makes sense that Bethesda would want to develop new entries in-house, as it theoretically gives the company more control over the product. The next big Bethesda Game Studios title is this year's Fallout 76, which is a multiplayer-focused entry in the long-running series. After that, the studio will revive its new, or excuse me, will release its new sci-fi game, Starfield, and after that will come The Elder Scrolls 6. Ooh, whenever you hear The Elder Scrolls 6, it just gives me chills, man. That was an amazing reveal at E3, but it seems like we won't be getting any kind of sequel to New Vegas, at least not from Obsidian, or we won't be getting any kind of additional spinoff in the Fallout universe from an outside studio, and that's something that is strange to me, because it seems in my mind that if you have a company that did so well, like Obsidian, you would go ahead and say, hey, you develop this, and we'll pay you an amount of money, and then we will go ahead and release this game, and people are going to buy it, because it says Fallout. Okay, if you put a game out, and it says Fallout, and it generally is a fine game you know it doesn't have to be the pinnacle of the best of the best without any bugs uh but if you release a good game and it it's just a money it's a money pit it's a giant thing where people throw money into it and then they say hey i need more gold and then they throw gold bars into it and then they go i need bottle caps and then that doesn't have any real value and then they throw them in anyway you know you have so many people that are getting behind Fallout, that it just makes sense. And also, the New Vegas uh, game had an amazing following. It still has a huge following today. Uh, it's got a backwards compatibility you know, thing going on Xbox One if you want to jump in and play it, I believe, if I remember correctly. But really, truly, uh, New Vegas is a fantastic Fallout game, and so I don't know why they wouldn't go ahead and do it more, uh, or at least allow Obsidian to have another shot at it. But I will definitely keep you guys updated if they do ever you know, say that they can go out and make another game again. But I understand, again, to keep everything close, to keep everything close to heart uh, and close to the heart of the studio, really, does make sense in the long run for the Fallout franchise. And so we'll see what happens with Fallout 76. If the game isn't as good as people think and if the games begin to kind of, I don't know, not lose quality, but begin to change and evolve in a way that players might not be comfortable with, you might be seeing a newer kind of uh, resurgence in, hey, let's see what other people can do. So we'll see what happens with that. But again, uh, Papa Todd coming in saying that he is going to be crushing your dreams of a successor to New Vegas. Oh well. Moving on to the next story of the day. Nintendo and Vanpool canceled a horror game that starred Tingle. That's right, I read that correctly. Nintendo and Vanpool canceled a horror game that starred Tingle. Tingle, the peculiar character from the Zelda series, has been featured in his own games before. Freshly picked Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land and Ripen Tingle's Balloon Trip of Love are the most notable of the bunch and came out on DS many years ago. Tingle actually could have received another title, but Nintendo and Vanpool pulled the plug. In an interview with Kotaku, Nintendo producer Kensuke Tanabe? I'm going to go with that. Revealed, looking back eight years ago, we were developing a horror game with Vanpool that starred Tingle as the main character, but that project was cancelled due to a variety of reasons. I think I can think of one. 
that it's a bad idea. Unfortunately, Tanabe didn't say anything further about the mystery project. What we do know is that Nintendo and Vanpool kept in touch, with the latter making a prototype for what eventually became Dylan's Rolling Western. So, uh, if you ever wanted a horror game that starred Tingle, it seems like that was in development at one point or another. But guess what? Not happening today. So, unfortunately, that is the, uh, the, the hardcore truth of it. But I'm glad this didn't happen because that sounds terrifying. I mean, look at this guy. Look at this guy in this green jumpsuit with a red, oh, gosh, and the nose and the eyebrows. Oh, I need to get away from that. But if you're an Xbox fan and you are into Nintendo, the Xbox Ultimate Game Sale for 2018 kicks off. Off, off, off. That was an echo, actually. Let's try that again. Excitement. The Xbox Ultimate Game Sale for 2018 kicks off. There you go. Fantastic. Uh, but there's nothing better than being able to get your hands on a bargain or two. And with the Xbox Live deals with the gold sale providing little in the way of exciting discounts this week, it's good to see the Xbox Ultimate Game Sale arrive once more, delivering discounted Xbox One and 360 titles from now until the 30th of July 2018. If you're looking for a new game or two but don't want to spend too much of your hard-earned cash in doing so, then this is the way to go. It's full of brilliant games at low prices, and we've got the full list. As always, if you wish to save a bit more cash, then CD keys will be able to sort you out with some cheap Xbox Live credit, which sounds very shady, but make sure you pay them a visit prior to getting your game downloaded in. And of course, this is coming from the Xbox Hub, which I would say probably has a deep affiliation uh, with CD keys. So use at your own risk. I never like to condone any kind of using of these weird third-party sites, but hey, I've used CD keys before and it's fine. But uh, just going through, I see Abzu. Oh, I've clicked on something. Uh, I see Abzu. I see um, Seven Days to Die going down. Some Agents of Mayhem DLC. All Points Bulletin Reloaded. Uh, the arcade game series. Assassin's Creed. Ton of that. Bastion. A fantastic little game. Wow. The Battlefield 1 Revolution is 75% off, which is very impressive. Uh, I would recommend checking that one out because Battlefield 1 is a really, really good game. Uh, Blood Bowl 2. Borderlands The Handsome Collection. 67% off. Uh, if you want to get in on Black Ops 3, the uh, Zombies Chronicles, you can get that for 50% off. Ghost is 67% off. Uh, looks pretty good overall. So again, there's a ton of stuff. Dark Souls, Dead by Daylight, Dead Rising. Looks pretty good. Uh, Doom. Oh yeah. Elix. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't get Elix. Fallout 4 is the, uh, the uh, game that took everybody's hearts and souls is 50% off. A lot of stuff going on here. But again, I will say that if you jump in and you begin to uh, look at your Xbox games and say, hey, what do I want to buy here? Because it's very exciting um, whenever there's a giant sale going on really consider Xbox Game Pass, because I know that Fallout 4 and a couple of the other games that are on this list are actually going to be on your Game Pass. I believe that God or Gears of War 4 and Gears of War Ultimate Edition are going to be on the Game Pass as well, so, you know, be sure to know what you're, what you're working with here, because you can spend money that you don't need to spend if you do have Xbox Game Pass, which a lot of people do if you're playing on Xbox One uh, relatively regularly, but overall, you know, you've got fighting games, SE Metro, Last Light Redux, the Redux Bundle, stuff like that, middle earth tons of stuff so you can jump in and check it out if you did want to do that but again i'm excited because i have some game credit and i am going to be checking out what games are on the xbox one whenever that sale does kick off however the final story of the day is very 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 sexual life found a way 25 foot jeff goldblum statue has been unveiled in london commuters coming into wait hold on commuters coming into london today were shocked to find a huge recreation of jeff goldblum in front of tower bridge now tv revealed the 25 foot statue of jeff goldblum on london's south bank to celebrate the 25th anniversary of steven spielberg's dino classic jurassic park number one 
look at Jeff Goldblum. There's literally a nipple that has been created, and it is very detailed, and I'm very happy about this. But it is the 25th anniversary of Jurassic Park, so give that thing a round of applause. What a good movie that was. Jurassic Park is just fantastic. But the incredibly lifelike recreation of Goldblum's Jurassic Park character, Dr. Ian Malcolm, stands at over 3 meters high and nearly 7 meters long and took over 6 weeks and 250 painstaking hours to make. And again... It is quite majestic. Londoners stopped to take selfies with the magnificent erection crafted in honor of the... <laughs> Londoners stopped to take selfies with the magnificent erection crafted in honor of the iconic shirtless moment in the film that has become a meme in and of itself. Explaining the seemingly unexplained reason his character needed to be topless, Goblin recently said, quote, It's supposed to be Costa Rica, right? So things are hot, and I'm sure if I'm in some kind of fever. So all the logic is that we got to see some of these wet clothes off immediately. As I remember, I don't think anybody fought me on that. So this was his idea. It was his idea. Amazing. Goldblum recently reprised his role as Ian Malcolm in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom in an extended cameo. And that's what you've got. Now you've got a pit or a little uh, a little bulldog sitting on the giant Jeff Goldblum uh, again right there. Oh my gosh. That is so amazing. But if you want to see more of this and you happen to be near London today by any chance, uh, you can stop by and see the giant recreation of Jeff Goldblum right there in front of the Tower Bridge. Uh, so again, Wow, that looks fantastic. But that wraps it up for today's episode of Caffeinate. If you did enjoy the show, be sure to drop me a like down below the YouTube video if you are watching on YouTube. If you're on podcast services around the world, be sure to subscribe to the show. Be sure to drop me a favorite if you're on Anchor. Give me some applause if you're over there. And also share the show with a friend. That's the one thing that I can drive home. If you do want to help me out and you want to get more people watching the show and you want to continue what we've got going on here, then be sure to tell a friend and let them know that this is where you get your gaming news. Or this is one of the places. Even if I'm just one of them, that's fine. But I appreciate you guys watching the show. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. And I hope that you have a fantastic rest of the day. And we will round out this week's episodes with the Friday show again. I'll be live tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time right here on YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media. But as for right now, I want to thank you guys for watching today's show. I will talk to you very soon and enjoy, as I said, the rest of your day. Peace.